Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. I, I wanna talk about Psalm 27. Now this is interesting and, and this is like stuff I didn't know. There is like a list of popularity of, of all of these 150 Psalms. And I, and I found this website, this a leadership website, and it lists the popularity of the Psalms. Do you know what the number one most popular Psalm is? I'm just gonna see if you guys can guess it. The most popular Psalm out of the 150 Psalms, anyone wanna take a guess? 20, how many said 23? You are right. Psalm 23, most popular Psalm. Now, the second most popular Psalm was intriguing to me because I, I wouldn't have guessed this one, but it's Psalm 91, and this is according to this one leadership website. But the third most popular, I would have never guessed this one, was Psalm 27. And so as I'm looking here, we got two more weeks of Psalms, and I know like we haven't covered uh, all of them. Obviously, we would be in this series for three years, 150, right? I'm doing the math in my head. Uh, so I'm going, we need to land the plane, and we need to move on into some other subjects and some other conversations. But like, Lord, which, which one do we really need to lean into this week? And God supernaturally led me to Psalm 27. And so as I'm looking at Psalm 27, it's the third most popular psalm. And I'm like, why? Why is this the most popular psalm? And really, it has to do with fear. And it makes sense because sociologists say that we are living in the age of anxiety. And we've talked openly at our services over this last year about anxiety, and so many people are wrecked by it. I mean, fear is something we all experience. We all get scared, all right? We all get scared. And this is a kind of funny thing 
that I, I was talking to my family and I was trying to think of an illustration of when I got scared. So I'm talking to Tara and my girls and I'm like, hey, can you think of a time where you saw me get scared? And I was like, I can't think of a time. Like, I don't get scared. And so my wife is like, you know, being all sweet. She's like, oh, you don't get scared. I go, I know. That's not, like, I know like a lot of people deal with getting scared, but like, I'm, I'm not scared. You know, I even go to those little, you know, haunted house mazes and, and uh, I go through there sometimes, you know, just for the fun. Like the Halloween Horror Nights are like, a pastor goes there. Oh, pray for me. I love those places. I don't know. But I'll go through there and I, I love watching other people get scared. But I go through there and the actor will go, boo, I'll be like, boo back to you. You know, I just, I, I, but so I'm like there. My daughter's like, no, nah, dad, we can't think of a time. And so then I asked my son, he goes, oh, dad, remember Africa? And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, remember that elephant that almost took us out? Like, I, I heard you praying in tongues. I heard you praying like you were, you were scared. And I go, you are right. He goes, and then that bug landed on you when we were back at the hut. And, and, and then you got scared. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And he goes, and then remember? I go, stop. <laughs> stop it. I, one example is enough. I don't need any more than that one. Matter of fact, we had somebody, we did a safari when we went to Africa. We have a, an outreach that we do in Zambia. And so we ended the trip by, by doing this little safari and uh, somebody had the video. Maybe I was doing it. I can't remember who did it. But, you know, I'll just show this video because it was pretty scary, to, at least to me. The guy was saying that they, I guess it was like mating season for the elephants. And so the bull elephants were a little like they were a little ramped up. I guess. I don't know. And so they did not like our safari Jeep. And, and that guy, I knew we were in trouble because the, the driver just put it like he put the pedal to the metal and he was like, we need to get out of here. And uh, so, yeah, I was scared. Yeah, I was. But when's the last time you knew like you were scared? Something happened. Maybe it wasn't an elephant trying to run you over, but, but maybe it was uh, something with your health and you decided to you know, go to WebMD and, and you, you Googled your symptoms. And uh, maybe it was you know, something that happened at work and, and you heard that cutbacks were happening and, and you thought, like, that's my job, you know, and what are we going to do? And I mean, fear can take all kinds of different shapes and sizes but the bottom line is we all at some point get scared. And being scared isn't the problem. It's, it's when fear begins ruling your life, it becomes a problem. Matter of fact, I, I would even say that God gave us this ability to fear for a way of preserving our life. Like it, it can actually be a good thing. It's good that you're scared of an elephant that is trying to charge you because it's going to promote you to run for safety. But what you see happen is it, this fear, this, this natural phenomenon we all experience takes us into this place where we feel captured by it, like we're a prisoner to it. And, and it, can, it can be so big and prevalent in your life that there's a phenomenon called being afraid of fear. Like, like just having the fear of fear settling in with your life. Now, David, this is what I love about him writing these psalms, and he wrote about half of them. David, mighty King David, the giant slayer, 
and the king, he struggled with fear. And he had legitimate reasons to struggle with this because of his life circumstances. And so we read in Psalm 27, we read kind of his perspective, even though he struggled with fear. You might even say maybe he had anxiety issues. I was even talking to my wife about this, and I'm like, the more I study King David, like I know he had issues and drama in his life, but I kind of feel like maybe he did struggle a little bit with anxiety. And you would hear him like in these psalms, he would like, he would sing to himself. He would preach to himself. And so check out verses 1 and 3 of Psalm 27. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Jump down to verse 3. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. The war arise against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. Like, whoa. Like David, that struggle with fear, is finding this new confidence that is able to push him beyond the fear, beyond the worry, beyond the anxiety. And he's, think about this. He's focusing on three attributes of God and he lists them there he's saying he's my light he's my salvation and he's my defense started thinking about this the light in the Hebrew language is to illuminate so God is my illumination David is saying God God is this person uh, this creator that is in my life that is moving for me and that is moving uh, with me and so that I can be rescued if I ever get in this jam, he's my salvation. He's my deliverer. He, he will get me out of this position. And then he's my defense. When things are coming against me, God, like God defends me. So this tells me that David had some things moving against him. He had some darkness that he needed some light. He had some danger that he needed some deliverance. And he had some dirty dudes that he needed some defense on. And think about that. There's darkness that we all kind of have to deal with. Darkness is the unknown. That's where, where it's just dark. It's just like, what, how am I ever going to get out of this situation? What, what's the end result going to be in this thing that's in my life? The, the, the dangerous situation. Think circumstances that rise up and overwhelm you. And, and just want to just drain you of all of your peace. And, and then there are those people that are just coming against you, relationship difficulties, where you, you have these things that are just like that darkness, that danger, and, the, and, and these relationships that are just broken. It, the most godly person can get overwhelmed in that space. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you, you can have this relationship with God, and these things are just settling in, and it can just, just overwhelm you and overtake you. But David is saying, no, there's something in God that as I'm pressing into him, his light, his salvation, and his defense comes against these things that are coming against me. And here's what we know. He got there. I call it the secret sauce of David's life here, all right? Like, everything has a secret sauce. David, and it's not really secret sauce because the Bible openly talks about this, but it's found a, a few verses later. Verse 4, 
It says this, it says, One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Think about these three words that we highlighted there. To dwell. I want to dwell in the temple. I want to behold. I I want God to be in my view. I want to just gaze at him. And then I want to meditate. I just, I want to put my focus on God, on this temple. And and what he's really saying here is is he's talking about the presence of God. That's how David related the presence of God was this, this place that he could retreat to, that, that as he would go into this place, that he would have this connection with God where things that were all crazy around his life started to get overshadowed by the greatness and the majesty of God who is above all things. So David's like, when I go into the presence of God, even though these things don't go away, they get minimized and God's peace gets magnified. And so check this out. Verse five, he says, for in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle, in in this place where his presence is, in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me and he will lift me up on a rock. Man, this is good. Now I know why Psalm is the third most popular Psalm out of the 150 Psalms. Why? Because we all deal with fearful experiences and circumstances in our life but God is saying through David here that if you if you want to be elevated above the noise of all of your trouble then it really comes down to the practice of being in the presence of God when you're in the presence of God it doesn't make the noise go away but the presence of God is so overwhelming And it's so overpowering, the noise of your trouble dissipates in comparison to the greatness and the overwhelming power of the presence of God. So for us that struggle with anxiety, for us that feel captured by fear sometimes, I don't want to oversimplify this, but I'm saying this is a great place that we can start is say, I've got to figure out how I get into this place of the presence of God. Because what, what David is saying, and what even the New Testament echoes, is that it's not the facts of my life, but rather the focus of my thoughts that determine my anxiety. It's not the facts of my life, but it's the focus of my thoughts. So as we allow our thought bubbles to be transition to be thinking about God, the facts get minimized. And this is so awesome to think about because in our Bible study yesterday, I had a bro study. We talked about this. I I had John read verse one from Hebrews three in the NIV because it said something and just captivated me because I knew what we were preaching today. So check out what it said. It said, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. So so even the author of Hebrews is like, hey, we're overwhelmed 
by the things that are happening against our life. But, but if you really want some help, call a timeout on yourself and focus your thoughts on Jesus. Who later in Hebrews in 12, it says, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Matter of fact, John said it this way, talking about Jesus. He says, yeah, you, you bring Jesus more into your life, there, there is a side benefit that happens because the more of Jesus you're bringing in to your life, the more fear is driven from your life. Check out what John says in 1 John. He says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. So the more of Jesus that you're having invade your headspace, the less fear will captivate you and keep you in this place where you feel like you're drowning all the time. Matter of fact, this is how David said it in verse 6. He said this, going back to Psalm 27, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. His head. His headspace. He's saying all these what if thought bubbles that are processing and that are full of darkness, that I'm being reminded of the danger, that I'm being reminded of the dirty dudes that are against my life that want to see me die. He says, when I, when I gaze at the Lord, when I focus my attention on God, my head gets lifted up. So in other words, there's a bunch of noise, but there's the ability in the presence of God to actually lift your head above the noise so that the noise stops making you feel like you're drowning in it. Some of you came this morning, you feel like you're drowning in the issues that are plaguing your life. And you just want them to go away, or you want to go away, you just want to get rid of them. And, and, and I hate to kind of break it to you, but the noise is never going to go away. You, you may take care of your trouble today, but my friend, there's a new trouble waiting for you manana, okay? And there's a new trouble waiting for you next week. And there's another trouble you haven't even thought of that's coming to you next month. They're not going to go away, but God says, hey, you don't have to make them go away. You just have to elevate yourself above them so that you'll be okay no matter what comes your way. That's what he's saying. And matter of fact, Paul says it this way in Philippians 4, verse 8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, he says, fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So, so Paul understands that. Paul's writing this from prison. He's, he's incarcerated. He's in a bad situation. But he's like, no, it's not the facts of my life. It's the focus of my thoughts that really are going to make the difference of how I'm going to get through the space that I'm going through right now. I, I, love, I love how the message reads this verse. It says, summing it all up, my friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on the things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. The best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. If we do this, if we, if we transition into this, this transforming 
of how we think about this stuff. The, the, the what if bubbles change. I mean, when we introduce ourselves to the presence of God, he injects himself into every thought bubble. Instead of what if it's cancer, he changes. It's, it's what if God is going to heal me? And what, what if I lose this job? Uh, uh, then what if God has a better job for me? And, and what, what is it if I don't get this promotion? What, what if I don't get that? Then what if God wants me to stay here so I can continue to minister to an employee or a coworker or my boss? I mean, he revolutionizes our what if bubbles. He changes the narrative of them. And so now they're not this thing that you're dreading. They're a thing that makes you kind of feel confident. Like God is on the move in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the danger, in the midst of the dirty dudes that are coming against your life. You feel like, oh, I've got this because God is up to something amazing. And I know it because I've been in the presence of God and he's elevated me above this so I can see hope even when everything seems hopeless. Can anybody receive this this morning? Well, here's the, here's the news. This sermon isn't for you guys. It's for me. I'm just, I'm just letting you listen in on it because I'm preaching to myself this morning. David did it. Why can't I do it? But here's the action steps. How do you get up to a place where you can be in the presence of God? Because David is saying the key, the secret sauce to living this way where there's no fear, there's no dread, that you can be confident in whatever space you're in. He, he says it's the presence of God. So, so the action steps, how do I, practically speaking, practice this discipline of being in the presence of God? Because really, it's that simple, church. It's not real difficult. you got a really busy world that one of the missions of the devil against your life is to keep you out of the presence of God. That's why whenever I sit down to pray and have my quiet time, my phone starts blowing up, things start happening, all chaos breaks. That's why. Because the devil's strategy is if I don't get into the presence of God, my head doesn't get elevated above the noise. And if my head is not elevated above the noise, that noise has a propensity to get me so scrambled in my life that I can't see which way is up. So being in the presence of God is crucial. So in the 30 years that I've been following Jesus, I've really seen the three most powerful ways to practice the presence of God in your life. And and so write this down. This is just the practical action step for how you practice the presence of God. Number one is worship, the music kind. Now, we could sit here all day and talk about there's all kinds of ways to worship God, but I want to talk specifically about the worship kind or the music kind. Worship music. It, there's, I'm just going to tell you, maybe nobody shared this with you. You never heard this preached before, but there's something supernatural that starts breaking loose when these, these songs are being sung. And it could be live or it could be on Spotify in your car or on your little beatbox uh, at your home. But when the praises start playing, it has the capacity to completely elevate you into the presence of God. And, and one of the, the scriptures that always just I, I've always been in awe with is Saul, the king prior to David becoming king. 
he wrestled with some demons. And, and so the Bible tells us is these demons would come and torment Saul. And the only way for these demons to stop tormenting Saul was that music was brought in and played for Saul. And then the demons would leave. And it's this crazy scripture. First Samuel, Old Testament, 16, 23. So, and, and check this out. The one who played the music, David. David did this. And so it came about wherever the, whenever the evil spirit came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand. And Saul would be refreshed and be well. And the evil spirit would depart from him. There's, there's, we've got to recognize that, yeah, being scared, that's natural. Being trapped and captured by it is demonic. The spirit of fear is not from God. And so if we know that music has the ability, that worship music has the ability to set us free from demonic captivity, then we would be really good to have more of a diet of worship music in our life. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe you have a commute to work. I'm finding out more and more about this culture here that a lot of you drive into the valley. That's a you know, good 30 minutes and some days an hour and a half. Depends when you leave, I guess. But that's some good drive time. Drive time can be one of the most powerful times that you can have because you put on some Hillsong, you put on some Elevation Worship, some, some Bethel, some Jesus culture, and you just start worshiping playing that worship music, singing along, maybe not singing along. Just don't close your eyes when you're driving. And, <laughs> and, and you're just driving and just, you could just feel the peace of God. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's supernatural. It's something that, that God enters into. Matter of fact, there's another song that says God inhabits the praises of his people. So there's something about the music that is uplifting to God and glorifying God where, where God just empowers it and he uses it. And, and he's able to elevate our thoughts about him, which elevates us above the noise that is trying to make us feel like we're drowning. These are two examples, and I've got to do these really quickly, but they bear repeating. I've got to tell you these stories. So one was this um, young couple that Tara and I were good friends with. And this is years ago. And every morning when my buddy would go to work, she would wake up and see this dark figure in her house. And it would spook her and she like wouldn't be able to sleep. She would pray and it wouldn't go anywhere. And, and she just felt this dark figure in her house every time her husband would leave. And so they started talking to us about it. And we knew that there is power behind worship. And so we told her, when he goes to work, put worship music on. And you let the praises of God be declared through the speakers in your home. And, and let's see how that helps. She started doing, I'm not even kidding you, she never had another situation where she saw any kind of figure. Matter of fact, she would be able to fall right asleep. So was there something demonic there? I, I would suspect there was something there for sure. I had a neighbor, and this neighbor, this is in Bakersfield, this neighbor, he loved horror movies. He was just really, and every Halloween, he would dress up like Freddy Krueger and try to scare my daughters, and it was just, it's a weird guy, all right? 
but he's fun at the same time. You know somebody like that? They're weird, but they're kind of fun. Um, but he came over to my house one day, and he's like, Pastor Jim. He didn't go to a church, but he called me Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim. He goes, man, I'm being like, there's something in my home. I can't sleep. It's like, it's freaking me out. And like weird noises are happening in the middle of the night. I'm like, well, you might want to stop watching all the horror movies because that might be getting you all freaked out. But I said, bro, have you ever like, you know, listen to worship music and maybe play worship music? He goes, what is worship music? So I had all these old CDs I didn't listen to anymore. And there's one, uh, you guys remember the band Third Day? Remember the band? So I gave him this like, this third day worship CD I had, I had listened to forever. I go, dude, what you need is you need to play this in your house and just play it. And, and I'm telling you, it's going to help. And so he goes, okay, all right. So I go, I run an errand and I come back and, and his front door is open. All his windows are open. And I just hear third day <laughs> taking over our neighborhood. And I just sat in my car and I just laughed for like five minutes because, man, he took me seriously. And guess what? He came over the next day and he said, that worked. Man, he goes, I, I've slept. There's been no more noises. I go, I'm telling you, bro, there's power in this music, even if it's not live. I know it. That's why after the shooting happened in November, I was bent on trying to get one of these worship bands that are nationally known. I tried to get them in our valley and I kept just, making phone calls, and I kept trying to get this thing to happen, and I just had nobody that was open. They were just like, we're booked, we, you know, maybe in the spring, and the spring came, nothing could, could get booked, and I was really frustrated, because I just knew, like, man, this valley needs a breakthrough. Every time I pray for our valley, you know what I keep hearing the Holy Spirit tell me? Awaken my people. Awaken my people. Awaken my people. I just keep hearing them say that. I'm like, I will, Lord! You know, but what does that mean? Speak louder. More bang sodas. We'll get bangs out, you know, I don't know. But here, here's the idea. Bang is the energy drink. So anyway, anyway. But, but here's the idea. Everyone's like, what is he? He must have drank one before he started preaching this morning. <laughs> Scary, I did it. You don't want to see me on one. But, but here, here's the craziness of all of this is, you know, as we were praying for how we could respond, God was already at work doing something because a month ago I got a phone call from a band called Big Daddy Weef. And they're, they're a pretty popular band and they primarily do worship. And they said, we want to come to Thousand Oaks. And they said, we know you're there and we know that you, we, you know, you've done concerts. And, and so for those of you that are new, like that was my... Like side hustle, if you want to call it that. I loved Christian concerts and, and promoting them and hosting them. And so they're like, we know you're there. We'd love to bring Big Daddy Weave. And I go, well, I'd love for you guys to play at Kalu. And so, so they said, we have a date in mind, though. And I go, okay, what's the date? They said, November 3rd. And I go, whoa, that's four days away from the anniversary of the borderline shooting. And I just got lit up. I got the Holy Spirit goosebumps all over me. And I was like, whoa, this is supposed to happen. And I got super excited because I believe that more than we want God to do something in this valley, God wants to do something in this valley. And it's, and it's, it, it's just ripe for the harvest. So, so keep this in prayer because there's one more hurdle that we have to cross to confirm 
that we have Kalu, the basketball arena, to do this concert on November the 3rd. And you, you all are going to be volunteers, by the way. Um, I didn't, <laughs> we're all going to be helping out. Um, but uh, you can Google them later. But th their big song is The Lion and the Lamb. We've sang it here lots of times. But um, man, oh, gosh, I'm out of time. So here's the second one, personal devotional time. Just get in the word. Wake up early. I'm telling you, it changes everything. And here's the third thing. Gatherings and groups. Gathering. This is a gathering. And next month, we begin a new season of life groups. And this is so important for you guys to, to realize that when you're doing personal devotion times, when you're huddling up with other believers, what you're doing is you're reinforcing the presence of God in your life. When you're sitting there quietly in the morning saying, God, I've got my word, and, and God speaks primarily through his word to you, and you've got your journal out, but you're praying also, you're getting a hold of the presence of God. And then when you're gathering and you're, you're here and the music is pumping, I'll have the band come up speaking of music, and, and you know the word is being given and you're just like, you're inspired. It's like, man, yes, God's got me. God's got this. I can, I can do this. I can, I can get through this. And all of this stuff is happening. You go to a live group, you start opening up and people start knowing your phone number. They know your digits and you're going through a bummer of a day. Maybe something happened at work and that buddy texts you right at that right moment and says, I was thinking about you. And I just, I, I'm just telling you, I'm praying for you. Here's a verse for you. You're like, whoa. So, so because you are making yourself available to other people, now those other people are helping you stay actively engaged with the presence of God, even while you're working. So I'm telling you, the secret sauce is not so secretive. And we can all do this. And the more that you're practicing the presence of God, the more you will be like David and declare that even though the darkness is there, the light of God is always going to triumph over the darkness. Even though the danger is there, the salvation of God is always going to rescue me. And even though the dirty dudes are there and they want to see me fail, God is there to bring me a defense that I need. I'm telling you, folks, you've got to let your head be elevated above the noise that wants to see you drown. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.